up close with Carlos Sang, celebrating art, entertainment and the human spirit. Welcome to another episode of Up Close with Carlos Sang. Today we have another very special guest. She has been one of my heroes since I was about eight years old when I saw Wicked for the first time. She has since taken the role over to Broadway, played in shows including Cats and also Oliver as well as touring around the country. Ladies and gentlemen, Carrie Ellis. Hi. Aww, thanks so much. That's a lovely intro. Very kind of you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today. Um, yes, yeah, so I kind of just wanted to begin. Uh, we heard f- on Monday from Boris Johnson that um, he how he laid out his roadmap out of lockdown. How encouraged do you think we should feel about his plan for theatres reopening? You know, I don't know. I, it's really funny that since the announcement, I you know, we've all got into into the feeling of how lockdown is and we've got used to it. And lots of us have done things like go online. I've been teaching and doing my podcast and I kind of got into my groove. And then suddenly we have, you know, this new wave of change that's going to come. And it's really unsettled me. I've, I've felt kind of, I don't know, just like my boat's been rocked a little bit because now we don't know what's going to happen. And my fear now is that you know we've been in this situation before where we where the restrictions relaxed a, a bit and people tried to put events on we did outside venues we did socially distanced um, performances inside smaller venues which was great and was successful um but obviously we then shut down again so i'm i'm nervous because i don't know what's going to happen and i don't know how producers are going to feel about committing um but it sounds very positive and giving that that kind of june july time of of that's when things are going to be completely back um is wonderful and i do hope that we are and i'm excited that i might get back on a stage soon that's fun that's exciting yeah it is really exciting and yeah it's a very ambitious plan and yeah i really hope it happens um you've been involved in some of the biggest shows we will rock you les miserables and of course wicked um what do you think it is about these shows which have really made them hits oh wow i mean if that's the million dollar question isn't it if we all knew that we'd all be millionaires and have our own shows out there i think predominantly uh it's a good message it's a good story these shows, they, they, they make you feel something, they, they mean something, and you come away being affected by these shows. And it's down to the message and the story and then how that is communicated. Um, there's lots of things that contribute, obviously, like sound and lighting and costumes and the music, the, 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 the direction, the choreography, you know, lot, there's lots of factors that have to align for a show to be successful. But for me, it's about the message and about how that makes you feel. Hmm. Um, yeah, something that I read was quite interesting was that you were actually involved in the film adaptation of Les Miserables. You had like a small cameo. Um, <laughs> I want to ask, like, what was that experience like, you know, seeing the show becoming a film? And what did you think of the film when it came out? Oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved being part of it. Les Mis was such an important show for me to be part of when I was growing up. Um, because it was the first musical I saw and the first musical I fell in love with. So to then go on and be a part of the show was incredible. And then to to be part of that film was just magical for me. Um, I just enjoyed being on set. It was something different I'd not really done before. Um, 
And being amongst all those amazing people like Helena Bonham Carter, who I just adore, and she's a big theatre fan and supporter, um, was magical. And uh, and seeing it come to life was was just brilliant. Uh, there's also been ongoing discussions about um, a film adaptation of Wicked as well. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you would want to be involved with? And what do you hope to see from Wicked the film? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think I'm probably a little bit too old to play Alphabet. <laughs> but yeah, to be a part of it in some way would be nice and a bit nostalgic. And it would be it would be great. Um, I think there's high expectation for the film. And I think that's probably why it's taking so long, um, because there's been various names thrown around about being involved. But we it has to be groundbreaking and it has a responsibility to be magical which is really difficult when you know we have had a lot of musical films made especially more recently and they've been really successful things like the greatest showman um lion king has obviously just happened again and i think that expectation is massive and to get it right and to get that green and to get that story across is going to be big it's going to be big Mm. Uh, yeah, many of us saw you also as the finale act of the BBC Musicals broadcast where you performed Defying Gravity. Um, the song has become one of your signatures. Um, what is it like singing that song now and being able to perform that song years after you've left Wicked? Oh, it's epic. It really is. And it, it's a, it, it kind of not shocks me, but I'm always amazed of how that song goes down all over the world. I've sung it in all kinds of places and everybody loves it. And it's not like a, a you know, a pop song that everyone knows. It's from a show and it's it's like it's an anthem. It really is. And the excitement from the from the song always ends a show brilliantly. It, it's, it's so brilliantly written. I mean, Stephen Schwartz has done such a cracking job with that. And I'm honored to get to sing it. I'm, I always love and enjoy singing it. Um, it's not the easiest song to sing in the show because of where it's placed and, you know, what's happened before and what's gonna happen after. But to sing it on its own has been amazing over the years. And I felt quite nostalgic singing it on the BBC, um, show it just felt quite well timed and uh, and a, a good moment for me to sing that song and um yeah I loved it I loved every second yeah you've done a lot of concerts now over the years you know performing with acts like Calabro and also like doing your own shows as well um would you say you're now more of an actress who sings or a singer who acts to me I don't like to label it I don't think of it as a you know I am a certain person for me it's always just about what I'm invested in at that time you know what opportunities come my way and what I'm working on and that's what it's about for me I love performing I love singing I love acting I love doing it all and for me variety is key keeping it fresh and keeping this myself challenged and um new experiences is what's important so yeah just I don't like to label it too much. Mm. Um, yeah, you've kept yourself also really busy over lockdown. You know, you've done your podcast, Keep Calm and Carry On, for example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how have you been finding this whole year? Wow. Well, it's it's been interesting. I mean, my podcast has saved me, really. It's been a real kind of... Um, lifeline in a sense because it's 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 been enabling me to be creative but to talk to my peers and people I know and friends and, and new people about about the lockdown but also about positivity and about 
good things in their career highlights and amazing moments that they've they've performed or they've had and that's been really important because I think we've all had so much we've had enough of the lockdown you know we that's all we talk about that's all we've heard about so to talk about something else and have a podcast out there that's a bit optimistic and, and fun and that 40 minutes of distraction of, of escapism that we can offer people has been hugely important um lockdown's been interesting I mean homeschooling has been another level I've really struggled with it mentally um there's just not enough time in the day to try and have hold up a business hold up a career that's that's in the most difficult circumstances we've all had to go online I've been teaching and that's been great I've liked that a lot um but then to add homeschooling on and to make sure that we keep us uh, the whole family um mentally well you know keep getting outside doing some exercise um getting a walk in you know staying positive has been really difficult however there's been some nice things that have come from it like going for a walk with the family having dinner with the family those moments that are not stressed that are just family having fun have been wonderful and uh you know i hope we keep a hold of some of this that we've learned you know going back to basics keeping it simple um because i'm sure once things do open up and we go into back into crazy normal life things will go at 100 miles an hour and I'm sure we'll be quick to to move into that life and maybe we'll we'll hold on to a few of these aspects yeah absolutely I completely agree um yeah something that I wanted to talk to you about which I've been finding really interesting that's been discussed is the topic of standing ovations um mm. you've received many over the years um but I want to ask you you know have there been any times you know where you've been to a show and people have stood up and you didn't feel it was necessarily deserved and how do you feel about standing <laughs> ovations <laughs> I love a standing ovation um because you know, yes, it's great. We're, we're very fortunate. People clap us at the end of our day of work. You know, that that's that's what we do. And that is lovely. But when people are moved to stand, that's another level. You know, if people do stand up when you've done something, it's always it's all it never gets old. It's always a surprise. It's always welcomed with, you know, open arms um, because it means people want to to acknowledge that they feel strongly about what you've just done and there's no feeling like it there really isn't um I guess it, it surprised me when it's happened mid-show for me um it's happened a few times in Wicked and We Will Rock You um and in my concerts it's a bit it's slightly different because it's a little bit more free you know you, you don't expect people to stand up in the middle of a musical um so it's it does take me by surprise when that happens but again it's always welcomed because it's it's wonderful people people acknowledging mm. yeah uh absolutely um i was also going through my wicked program actually as well and i saw that cassidy jansen was your understudy at the time mm. um what memories do you have of working with cassidy and you know have you seen her in her subsequent work like in and juliet you know where she won her olivier just last year yeah, well, sadly not, because obviously if, if Cassidy was doing the role, I wasn't there and vice versa. So we didn't cross very much. Um, and I, I, it's been amazing to watch her, you know, go on and thrive and uh, win Olivier. How brilliant, you know, especially in such a tricky time um, where theatre was restricted, you know, and how brilliant that she got acknowledged. Um, but yeah, that, I wish her well. She's done some amazing things and uh, she's wonderful. 
Yeah, you've done like a lot of really diverse work, you know, from doing chess and doing, you know, Wicked and My Fair Lady, We Will Rock You. Um, is there a certain type of show which you really gravitate towards? And how do you go about choosing what projects you want to do, having already done so much amazing work? Um, for me, it's about what comes my way, you know, what what the phone brings when that rings. Um, I like new opportunities when something comes in. I, I automatically say yes and then think about it later because I like challenges and I like when people want you. I mean, why not? Why would you not go and do it? Um, but new things are, are what excite me. Creating. I love being in the studio with Brian. We're working on new music, which is which excites me, you know. And to, to work on something that has has a future that could go on stage or could become an album and become a tour is is what makes me tick. But I again, like I said, I like variety. I like things that I could be doing a voiceover on a Monday and then do be in the studio recording a song on the Friday and, and be performing on the Saturday. I like that it's always different and that it, it keeps me inspired and ticking. Um, so yeah, who knows what's going to be next? I mean, we, the pandemic has changed things so dramatically that we don't know. And it's, it's how you adapt to the situation and how quick you can come up with something um, when it, when the opportunity arises. Mm, absolutely. Um I wanted to ask you as well, you know, um, there's been this, you know, debate about, you know, how accessible theatre is, you know, it's been going on for quite some time now with rising ticket prices, for example. Um, how do you feel that, you know, theatre could become more accessible post pandemic? Yeah, I mean, tickets are expensive, but shows are expensive. You know, I think people underestimate how expensive it is to put a show on. You know, we we expect more now. You know, we want bigger sets, better costumes. Um, you know, the we just expect more. So therefore, it's that costs money to have a you know something that's really magical is going to is going to cost so therefore the ticket prices go up and people want to see famous faces on stage so mm. that costs money so I get it but also as a on the other side as a parent trying to you know if I take my family which is family of four to the theatre I do know how expensive it is so I know that I know it comes at a cost I and they, the theatres do a lot to help it become accessible. You know, they do discount seating, they do last minute seating, they do children's week where you, kids go free. Um, you have to be a little bit organized to catch those deals and a bit plan ahead, but they are out there. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen coming back in. I really don't. I hope it doesn't become, it doesn't outprice people. Um, and I don't think it will. I think I think they're going to want the theatres full and they're going to want people to come. So hopefully they'll make it accessible to people. Yeah, you mentioned um, famous faces. Um, what, you know, how do you personally feel as well, you know, with more and more, you know, Hollywood actors coming into the theatre? You know, do you think that helps the industry or do you think that, you know, puts people back? Um, I think if people can do the job, I think it's brilliant. You know, it, there's nothing like seeing somebody that you, you know, like a Hollywood star, it, you know in front of you with an amazing group of actors an amazing group of dancers there's nothing like it what I think it does have to do is they have to deliver it has to be somebody there because they they should be there and they deliver the role but not just because they're famous and they bring in they bring bums on seats you know if they can do the job great there's nothing like it but 
let's you know let's let's not put people in a in a position if they can't do the role because that doesn't serve anyone that doesn't serve the show the producers that that's not that's not great <laughs> absolutely I, I completely agree yeah you've really established yourself as you know like a west end legend you know one of the biggest <laughs> stars on the west end you know do you do you feel that way do you feel like you're a big star i don't think so no i mean you know there, there's moments when when you the event you know takes your breath away like something like the bbc um show at the palladium i mean that that moment was just like oh i just feel wonderful to be here um i don't think i feel like a star as such for me it's about the quality of the work and and about turning up and doing the best job that i can and using all my skills and all my training to deliver the job and that's the important bit for me um the thing about about being celebrated is that it it facilitates your job so if people know who i am and what i'm doing they might buy a ticket and come and see me do it in in a show or in a concert so they facilitate each other um and obviously the higher your profile is the more access people have to you and the more access you have to other people and and potentially coming to see you in a show yeah, there's been so many new actors coming out, it seems, and so many new shows. And with social media really able to access, accelerate the um, popularity of different uh, actors, different shows, um, I was wondering um, how challenging do you think it is now to really build up a name for yourself? You know, um, I feel like when people hear the name Carrie Ellis, they know who you are, they know what to expect. So how challenging do you think it is now to get to that stage of your career? It, well, I mean, it's been difficult recently because there's been nothing happening. But like you say, social media has got huge power and we all have control of our own little television se- uh, series now you know we are our own product um come with that comes pressure though i do think um because it can consume you and it can add a pressure to deliver content and good content and and you watch the numbers and the figures and the followers and that's I'm not sure how healthy that is. Mm. Obviously, it's great if it's if you're doing well and and those numbers are going up, and you know it's great for producers to see that you've got thousands of um, followers because they think that that will turn into tickets to sales. But I think you have to keep a um, I think you have to keep a level head about it and know yes, it's a great platform. Yes, it's a great tool to use but use it in the right way don't be consumed by it let let it let it speak you know speak your words don't let it speak for you yeah it's been really interesting just yeah seeing how you know social media has really grown over the years you know how have you been finding it you know using social media using twitter and instagram and facebook yeah i find it kind of a mixed bag i enjoy it some days and i like the interaction so for instance my podcast i've reached out to a few people on instagram and they come back to you directly and i like that that you can talk to people i like that i can interact with fans and and followers find out what they want find out um you know if i'm doing a show what do they want to hear i like that you can interact with people I don't like the pressure of it. I don't like the, that it, like I said, that it consumes you and the comparisons, you know, people get swamped in the, I, I want to look like that or I want to be doing that or why am I not doing that job? Or I, that is tough to deal with. Or why doesn't people like, why don't people like that post? 
that I find hard because it, for me, creativity and talent shouldn't be judged. We should just be creative. Um, and social media allows for that, that judgment and that interaction. Mm. Yeah, um, theatre is also a really collaborative space, you know, working with so many different people. Um, I was wondering, you know, have there ever been times where you've needed something from someone, but you didn't really quite get it? And how did you overcome that situation? Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's been jobs that I haven't got. Um, I don't know if it's a person as such, but there's definitely been jobs that I haven't got that I've wanted. And that's always a tough pill to swallow because if it's something, when you start auditioning for something, you start to get more and more invested and you start to care and you start to want to play that role. And when that doesn't happen, that's quite a tough pill to swallow. But I think the quicker you become resilient and move on and know that it's not a personal thing it's not that they don't like you know me Kerry as a person it's just that me Kerry as a as a commodity just doesn't fit what they're looking for and that's fine I think you have to be a bit thick-skinned but also just allow yourself to move on and not be consumed or too damaged by being told no um, because that doesn't serve you Hmm. Yeah, something that I've also really noticed about a career in theatre, you know, it's almost like doing a night shift, you know, you're, you're mm -hmm. performing in the evenings and you come back home quite late at night, you know, how has that, you know, affected you and how do you um, manage that essentially? I'd love to be managing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, for me, it's just always been my life. I've always been a night owl. I've always performed in the evening. I mean, it's it's been part of my life since I can remember um so we've we've always just worked it out it obviously it changes because I have young kids now so we have school runs and clubs and things to navigate but we just figure it out and my boys kind of know that that's what I do I, I think it's going to be tough for them coming out of lockdown because obviously things are going to change I won't be around as much or you know that there will it, the pace of our life will change um but it is something they've always known. And for me, it's I've, it's always been very important for me to, or for them to see that we're a working family and that, you know, I go out and I do a job, but I do a job that I love doing. And that's important for me to, to pass on to them, to find a job that you love. You know, you're going to spend a lot of your time working. So find something that you love and that's going to drive you to do it well. Absolutely. Um, you've also performed in, you know, as well as theatres, you've also performed in concert halls and arenas and these other really um, amazing venues. Um, is there anywhere that you would, um, that's really been like a favourite venue for you to perform in and that you look forward to going back to in the future? Um, yeah, I mean, there's loads. I mean, I can't wait to, oh, I hope I get another opportunity to perform at the Albert Hall because that's always magical and special and I've been lucky to put well fortunate to perform there many times but it never gets old and I love it and I always feel quite honored to perform there um but also there's a place in um Verona that I in Italy that I performed in which was unlike anything else I mean you can see it on YouTube and there was a huge orchestra band um choir the venue was huge it was live on television and it, it was just one of those pinch yourself moments um, so yeah, I'd love to go back there and do that again. But then I always like new things. 
I like to move on. I like to play new new places and do new challenges. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what's going to come and what we're going to come up with next this year and next year. Yeah. Um, I last saw you at West End Does Love at Cuddingham Hall in February 2020. Yeah, so about yes. one year ago. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, what was so lovely as well for me watching was, um, you know, getting to see you perform alongside, you know, like a new generation of West End stars like Carrie Hope Fletcher, Rob Houchin, Marisha Wallace. Um, I want to ask, you know, have there been any like new, like under 30 West End actors who you see as the next generation of West End legends? I think you've just named uh, several of them there. And and what, this business is great. You know, it's constantly rediscovering new people. Um, but what I like about it is that it's inclusive. You know, we all get to work together and there's no, there's no kind of um, uh, separation as such. I think there's room for us all, you know, and what's, what's exciting is when we do things together, exactly that, you know, when I get to sing with people that I haven't sung with before, there's an energy, there's an excitement. Um, and Rob Houchin, who puts, puts that together, um, has done an amazing job. And I think that that kind of uh, setup is just going to get bigger and better. Yeah, you've been performing for um, many, yeah, for quite a few years now, you know, I think you started in My Fair Lady, it was like 2001, so it's been about mm. 20 years. Um, mm. You know, where do you see yourself in the next 20 years? Wow, I don't know, just doing more of what I'm doing. I love my job. I love that I'm, I have a career doing something creative, you know, I, and I hope that the next 20 years are just the same, if not bigger and better than what I've done before, because for me, it's the marathon, it's not a sprint, and it's about sustaining a career. And I want to continue to do it. Hopefully, there will be the opportunity out there. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see what's next. You know, I feel I still feel like I haven't done everything, you know. I still feel like that I'm there's still so much to do and and so many shows and albums and and parts to play. So hopefully there'll be lots more. Amazing. Um, yeah, as just as the last question, um, I just want to ask, you know, what advice would you have for a young person wanting a career in theatre like you have? I think I would say you need to work hard, be resilient, but most of all, you need to love it and be passionate about it because it can be tough. You'll be told no lots. Um, it's going to have its ups and downs, but if you love it, it will give you the passion and the drive to push through and to sustain a career. And it is one of the best jobs in the world. Carrie Ellis, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.